0: well welcome i want to welcome dan and christy kim to uh this is being shot as a podcast so uh, the first church podcast dan and christy kim are uh, missionaries through global strategy that our church helps support Uh, we are not their sole supporters and so we just help support and just i'll just say on the front end as i get to meet with dan and christy if you would like to give to them Uh, and support their ministry, we encourage you to do that. And our church, you can do that by giving to uh, Faith Promise, but you can also go directly to their page through Global Strategy on uh, jesusisthesubject.org. And so I encourage you to look them up there. Um, I'll try to put the link uh, on uh, this podcast or on the YouTube page or in the blog that we also associate with this for anybody who wants to do that. So um, I'm gonna have Dan and Christy introduce themselves and why don't you tell us uh, where you are currently located and about your family, and then we'll talk a little bit about what you do.
1: Okay, great. want you go first? Please? Go ahead. All right. So yeah, we're Daniel and Christy Kim, and uh, we have one daughter, Sophie. She's eight years old, and we live in Budapest, Hungary, serving as um, Global Strategy Missionaries with the Three Worlds team, um, serving the region of Europe and the Middle East.
2: When we visited you guys in 2017, we were located in the Netherlands. And then this last August, so a little bit over a year ago, we moved to Budapest, Hungary. So we've been here now uh, for, what is it?
1: 13, 14 14 months, months, maybe? 14 and a half or so.
2: Yeah. And we serve um, the church here in Hungary. There are three, um, I think we're counting four churches now in In the vicinity of Budapest um, but we also have several regional roles and so we work with different churches in the region and that's kind of how the three worlds team operates as a missionary family is located in one place um, and and works specifically there but then also we cover the, the whole region which includes i think 16 different countries right now have a church of god presence in them
0: wow wow so tell me tell me a little bit just real quick about your daughter you have a daughter, she's a child and she's a child of missionaries. And so she is a missionary as well. How's okay. that work? How's she doing?
2: She's a, with an MK. So like, like PK's pastor's kid. She's an MK. She's also a TCK third culture kid. Um, and that means that she has lived or grown up in a country that, that her parents did not mm-hmm. grow up in. So Dan and I grew up in America, but she has spent the vast majority of her life in the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. So she was how old when we moved over there? She was
1: 15 months old when we moved from Indiana to Holland. Yeah. And uh, then we moved, of course, to Hungary. And so she has, she has visited America. Uh, and we had a, a seven month home assignment. That was when
2: we last saw you but guys yeah, when we came to true. visit. Uh, it was in 2017, three, yeah, right? Three
1: years ago, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, but other than, other than those seven months and um, a few visits here and there, she's lived in Europe uh, ever, ever since she was 15 months old. So um, she's in third grade. And uh, right now she goes to an English speaking school in here in Hungary. Um, in, in Holland, she went to a Dutch school. And so she spoke Dutch, everything was in Dutch. Um, but um, here it's, it's an English speaking school. So that's been really, that's been a good change. And that's been um, nice for her that she feels more relaxed I think to to talk in what you know is her, her mother tongue. She but. also
2: has uh, students in her class that are like her, like a TCK, and so it's nice that she can kind of relate to wanting to see grandma and grandpa, but it right. literally being across right. the ocean and that kind of, and right. that kind of thing. So it's right. it's been really good.
0: Yeah, yeah. So what do you guys do? I mean, what? Yeah. What are your goals? Like, what do you do as missionaries that live in Budapest? But you know, you. You're, you're working with
1: a team of people around, around and across Europe.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: So um, we are the coordinators of a network called Europe X, which is a, a network of Church of God pastors and leaders uh, throughout the region of Europe and the Middle East uh, who are focused on uh, or actively planning to do church planting or church multiplication. So um, more of the, the outside-of-the-box ministries and just newer things Um, And so uh, we're we're coordinators of this network, and two, excuse me, three of the churches who are represented in EuropeX are based here in Budapest. Mm -hmm. And so um, locally, we work with those three churches, um, specifically one of them, um, the church in Rakesh Palota. And um, we have other regional roles as well. Christy and Audrey Langford are in charge of coordinating 3WLN, the Three Worlds Leadership Network which is an event that happens every 18 months, uh, bringing together young leaders from the region into one place for a conference. And I work with the church in Rome and a ministry in Plovdiv, Bulgaria, um, as kind of uh, the chair of their uh, like governance board, if you will. Um, and so, um, Those are yeah.
2: specific tasks and roles that we have. And then kind of the broad goal of what we do and what our three worlds team does is to, uh, support, empowered, and accountable young leaders. So one of the, I think we talked about this when we came to visit in 2017, that there's um, kind of missing generations in the church in Europe, uh, especially people under the age of 45. In almost every country Mm -hmm. that the Church of God is in, there's there's hardly anybody in that demographic. And so finding people that are in that demographic that say, I want to be involved in ministry and to serve, and supporting and helping them to not burn out, to um, weather some of the storms of life, the work-life ministry balance, so that um, this next generation will have, will still have a church here in Europe in the Middle East. So it's kind of that, I guess we, sometimes we say we're we're like bridge builders between the church in North America and the church here in the Middle East. We try to be um, connectors intergenerationally as well, um, and then connecting different churches in the region to each other and helping um, that kind of be a hopefully like a grassroots yeah. sustainable uh, connection system. So EuropeX does that through three worlds leadership network is a connector. Um, so we, in a way we get to be kind of in cheerleaders and encouragers and a, a support system for those that are doing ministry, the nationals that are doing ministry here in Europe and the Middle East.
1: Practically um, think about specific tasks. Uh, practically we, we do ministry in an international setting. So yeah um, sermons and Bible studies and, uh, hosting groups from the, uh, elsewhere in the region or from, you know, the USA, um, pastoral care, yeah.
2: counseling, mentoring,
1: lots of individual training. meetings, whether that's, you know, counseling focused or, um, or just planning together for some ministry in the, their local church or whatever. So, um, yeah, I don't It's know. kind of a
2: mixed bag. <laughs>
1: yeah. Duties as assigned.
2: Yes. So whatever
1: comes yep. up. Yeah. You, you said, uh,
0: you know, the the entire Western church has a trouble as is, is having is struggling kind of reaching a younger different generation or younger people. Kind of, it seems to be amplified in Europe. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that is there?
2: Yeah, that's a, that's that's a great, great question. Loaded
1: yeah. Um, well, I'll just throw out a couple ideas and then jump in. Yeah. Um, one is just, um, maybe the length of time. So, um, you know, the church has not existed in America. Um, Well, let me know. America hasn't existed. (laughs) The church has only existed in America for what, like 200 or 350 or or 400 years or whatever it is that America and the colonies and all that. Um, At that point, the Protestant church had existed in Europe for 100 years or more, and the church had existed for a couple thousand years. And so um, it's just... uh, People here, generally speaking, people here in Europe, um, they've always known about the church. and, and, and At least um, culturally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I think sometimes, it, it, yeah, I don't know, it depends. It's, I'm trying to imagine what it's like, the climate in Northeast Ohio, but uh, the spiritual climate, I mean. Um, <laughs> so I can tell
0: you, it's cold today.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, In America, oftentimes, you know, folks are familiar with the church as well. But every now and then you come across families who've just never been churched. Well, here, for the most part, every family at some point in the past couple generations has been a part of this church, that church, or been affected by this church, that church.
2: But oftentimes not in a positive way. So if if someone in your community were to say, "Um, we're going to go to youth groups, and no one really knew what that was, it still may be as a good thing. But here, after all that time to witness the good and the the light and the dark side of the church, Mm -hmm. Um, things like the crusades and uh, different scandals in the church, the extreme wealth of the church versus the poverty Mm -hmm. of the common man, all those things historically have maybe for the average European put the church and Christianity in a bad light and so a lot of people just aren't interested in that because they're like why would I go there when I can go to my gym and they feel like family and I don't have to have all the shaming and the baggage (laughs) Um, and so yeah so a lot of people they just cast off church and they're like there's nothing there for me that I can't get somewhere else.
1: Also here in Hungary um, in Central or Eastern Europe um, there's at least uh, if not the present situation, the lingering situation or circumstances my English is not so good right <laughs> Uh communism and so um, for a lot of folks there's there's a, a level of distrust with people they don 't know mm-hmm. with people who aren't their friends or family and haven't been their friends or family all their life, so new people or um, a new uh, a new church um, represents. Something that's somewhat foreign, something unfamiliar, and therefore something that maybe we shouldn't trust, or we should even be leery of. Who are these people? What do they want? What, what's their in game? Um, you know, what? What? Why do they want me to come to their meeting? And what, what's going to happen at this closed door meeting or whatever? You know, so yeah. I don't know. If, I don't know if that answers your question at all. In fact, to be honest, I don't remember your question right now. <laughs> but...
0: Why does the West continue to secularize and why is it you know basically uh, so, he's
2: just so excited to talk to you that he's just happy <laughs> yeah, we're happy to be yeah, here.
0: I'm, so. uh, too. Cincinnati Reds and Bengals <laughs> Well, wow, I didn't mention that. I should have mentioned yeah. that earlier. Yeah. Um no, I mean yeah, I think those are things to think about. And yeah. How how so that being the case, what are you all doing? I mean, you're you're helping to try to pull pour into some of the young leaders that especially the young leaders from Hungary or from the European countries. So the native young leaders that probably understand the culture better than you do. And the challenges better than you do. Um, but what are they doing or what are you doing to help like turn the tide? Cause I think that's something, yeah, whether you're doing ministry in Europe or North America that you're trying to think about right now.
2: Yeah. One of the things that, uh, we're talking with some of our uh, friends from the church in Germany too um, about this at different events in the last couple of years. But um, I think this is the case in America as well is oftentimes maybe someone goes into youth, they're at the youth ministry, and then maybe they're at the young adult ministry during college. And then that next stage of life, maybe there's a program or a group at church for that. But uh, oftentimes, sometimes the young people kind of fall off um, or fall through the cracks I think is the, the saying and so um, sometimes that is what, what, what leads that and so I think mm-hmm. being intentional here we, we joke sometimes when we tell people there's going to be a youth camp the youth camp could literally be anybody under the age of 35 so there's a broader um, inclusion I think for age yeah. and demographic and to say you know, you don't just have to fit in, in this situation to be included. We want to gather in as many people as possible. Um, so a lot of the, the churches that are healthy here that are, are doing a good job of that um, are, are bringing people in a, in a variety of roles to participate or just witness an event or uh, a Bible study or something, or to, to be in a, a role where they can um, develop some leadership skills as well. So trying to, so a lot of it all comes down in a lot of ways, right? To discipleship and mentoring, and mm-hmm. so being really intentional exactly. about that, and being inclusive, yeah. it, and also being inclusive to not just say you don't have to be this perfect Christian um, to before you can go out and do something. That we're we're all flawed. We all are on a journey, and we want we just want you to to be be on the bus as opposed to having to yeah. have all these requirements too. Yeah. I think is a helpful thing.
1: Yeah, um, I would add. I think it's here more so than in uh, other places. Um, it's critical just to be faithful and to show up. Uh, and what I mean by that is um, going back to the the skepticism and the the levels of distrust that um, a lot of folks in churches have, uh, especially as foreigners, as as guests, as non-native, you know, speakers of their language, non-native uh, members of their 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 culture. Um, if we would just be here and uh, and be here for a short time, then it, the question, well, what do they want? And like, so they didn't get what they wanted, so they left or whatever, but um, to be here and to be faithful and to, to some extent, not have an agenda. Um, I mean, I, you know, we always do, right? But at the same time, to just be here, um, uh, to help them get their guard down and, and realize, we're hey, we're here for you guys. We're not here to, um, to get something out of you, to or to as a too. yeah, uh, we're here to help you and to serve you, um, and so um, you know, there's no rush necessarily. There's no uh, thing we we want to get to know you. We want to get to know you on a personal level, and um, and and be safe people that you can trust and that you can um, you know confide in and come to, and we can we can work together. So yeah, yeah.
2: I think yeah. too real fast some of the things that when we first started this whole journey. It started off of a a trip that Dan took while he was in seminary, um, an urban ministry class in Berlin. And some things that are helping to kind of bridge that gap or at least help the church, sounds bad, but like to be appealing, (laughs) at least initially to to people that would never want to cross the threshold of a church, um, are to have some out-of-the-box ministries and um, do ministry in places that that's abnormal or that isn't like inside of a church building. And so sometimes those yeah. gateway locations can really help people feel comfortable and to see what it's about without feeling like, um, yeah, to, in, yeah. A, in a safe way, I guess, like you said, is a good way to put it.
1: One illustration of that locally, um, which has been, it's been somewhat tabled due to COVID. Um, one of our, our main <laughs> congregations, the church in Rakesh Palata, they, uh, they had a desire to reach um, folks in a certain neighborhood that isn't far from where their like neighborhood is, but it's a separate place. And so this year, they had they had planned to rent out a community center uh, one Sunday a month in that neighborhood, um, and and bring their congregation for that one Sunday to this neighborhood community center. And then each, you know, throughout the the weeks leading up to it, they would, you know, canvas the neighborhood and, hey, we're going to be here on this Sunday. If you want to come, just check us out. And so uh, it's somewhat of uh, bringing the church to the neighborhood um, instead of bringing the the neighbors, you know, to the church. Um, But it's also by by them being guests in this rented community center for a week. uh, Everyone was somewhat on neutral ground. And so. Um, that was one, uh, one thing that they had planned to do, and they did for, I guess, three months maybe uh, before things got at least temporarily halted. But yeah, so that was just one creative way they came up with to try to reach out to this neighborhood.
0: Yeah. yeah. Let me, um, since you're talking about COVID, I might as well just bring it up. Um, what challenges has the effects of COVID brought to your ministry right yeah. now? yeah You're me
2: well, we mentioned earlier that a lot of what we do is regional, meaning one of the great benefits to Europe is that it's a bit smaller than some of the other regions, and there, there are low cost airline carriers here so uh, well, it was a January one time, but Dan flew from the Netherlands to Bulgaria round trip for nine euro so like super duper cheap and so that allows us as a, te- as a you know a team of what six missionary families to cover all these countries because we can travel easily. Well, inter COVID that, you know, the airline flights stopped. We here in Hungary, they have, um, especially now since September 1st, they've closed the borders. So we are not allowed to leave the country without police permission. Um, well,
1: we could leave the country. My understanding, we could leave the country. We couldn't come back we in. we couldn't come back in.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah.
1: Yeah, so. so as long as uh, you don't want to come home. Yeah, Yeah, it right, right,
2: right. yeah. complicates it a <laughs> yeah. bit. So that, that's been hard to know. Yeah. Um, you know, for, over the summer, it opened up a bit. So we were able to, to travel to Germany and, and to Italy to see um, our bosses, at Noctigals, and to see the church in Arco. Um, which we do, which we uh, do a lot and follow what they do a bit. So when the, when you're locked down, there's like the psychological feeling, feeling trapped. But then there's also like a part of our job is to connect and do these things. And it's been really almost yeah. impossible to do that in yeah. person.
1: And um, a lot of the other individuals and in, in churches we work with regionally, mm-hmm. they have had similar restrictions. Um, and so everyone for the most part has just been kind of hunkered down where they live. Um, and so obviously we've had tons of zoom meetings and messages and emails we normally do, but we've had much more in the last six months, I guess. But yeah.
2: And we were talking with people in the, uh, for example, some of the church in, in Egypt and they had, they weren't going to start school until October. So they were supposed to be doing virtual learning. And so trying to balance your job and teaching your kids at home and and how to do all that has been um, a big challenge for, for a lot of families. And I know that's true (laughs) in the States as well. So yeah, in a way we're all in a similar boat, different expressions maybe, but. Locally
1: um, the two main congregations that we work with here in Budapest locally uh, they, they went to all virtual worship um, in, I guess, March. Right. And then, then at the end of May, here it opened up so that you could meet and gatherings as long as you didn't have x number of people or whatever and just to but, say the
2: timelines for the spikes in covid here it was a bit ahead of yeah. the states yeah. it, there, so when we say certain dates you're probably like yeah. that was the worst way right but huh. here things were a little uh, yeah. different so and even now a bit different as yeah. well so
1: um after may both the congregations opened back up to to kind of business as usual i mean with masks mm-hmm. and with Some people staying at home and watching online because they felt more safe that way, or because they were um, like, what's the word? Like their body, their immune systems were weaker, compromised, compromised, or yeah, I don't know what the words are. Um, uh, As of uh, yeah, um, as of a couple weeks ago, one of the churches went back to all virtual at least for now because a family was sick, and they weren't sure if it was COVID. And to be honest, I haven't heard, but. Uh, either way um, they they went back to all virtual and the other one decided to to remain as they've been doing but everyone is required to wear a mask um, and that's going to be much more you know policed and hand sanitizers and temperatures checking at the door and and all that fun stuff but yeah i don't know but it's been it's it's a crazy ride and as she said the dates uh we we spiked here early early to mid-march and then um you know the the wave or whatever it's called uh, kept going for a bit and then it really flattened out. I think when it was spiking in America, it flattened out here. And then now we're kind of having a resurgence again. But uh, every day is a, a question okay, what's, what's the situation and what's the prognosis? And yeah, but yeah, anyway, kind of
0: every church is doing something a little different right here. And mm-hmm. yeah, most are wearing masks from what I can tell and trying to do their best to social distance and then also projecting things out. And yeah, I know we had to miss. My wife and I missed church last weekend. Not this past weekend, but the weekend before, just because she was potentially around somebody who had it. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's uh, yeah. crazy here too, trying to figure all that out, even for the churches. So,
2: what's- that's one of the hardest things is that you know before you feel like you could make reasonable decisions, you have information, right? And to, now it's like. Not wanting to be paranoid, but also wanting to be responsible and not hurt or compromise someone mm-hmm. else. And, yeah, that, the not knowing what is the best decision for me has been really yeah. rough.
0: Yeah, that was a situation for us two weekends yeah. ago. My wife, she works in a local school, and um, there are basically three teachers in her classroom. Well, one of those teachers, her husband, had tested positive. And so she found out about that. And so we went and scheduled my wife uh, an appointment to get tested. For the next day and so she went and got tested um that next day and we just assumed this lady would have it because her husband has it right so that's the yeah. assumption so we assume that emily has been exposed well all three of the teachers went to go get tested and none of them including the teacher whose husband had it tested positive and, and this oh, teacher's yeah. kids haven't either so somehow this guy has not spread it to his family yeah. um, or they had it earlier and he didn't have it somehow right. or whatever right. but all that to say over the weekend we didn't know like we didn't right. have any results and so Emily and the kids had already planned to stay home. I'm like, well, I can social distance and um but thankfully, even by God's grace, uh um or sovereignty, um, I had scheduled one of my associates to preach already. I mean, months beforehand for that Sunday. I still planned on being there because I schedule pastors to preach even when I'm there, so I can listen and worship myself without preaching every once in a while. And um so, but I just woke I plan on going like, I woke up like in the middle of the night just going, I should probably not go to church. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't want to scare people. And if my wife has it, I have it. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. So just those decisions are so hard to make though um, yeah. right now. And uh, yeah. but, and everybody has a unique situation right. Um, right. concerning some of that. And so, yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's an interesting time
1: um we we had friends from the netherlands who came here to hungary on vacation in august when the borders were open and it was easy to travel uh and we met up with them for a couple days and um then they left and then we started thinking oh so they've been around totally different people than we have and yeah maybe we should just not go to church this next week or so because I mean, what if? I mean, who knows? Those played safe. And then uh, the following week, Sophie's school was starting back up. And there there are people at her school who, over the summer at least, were all over the world. I mean, the U.S., Croatia, Germany, like, you name it, everywhere. And so then we thought, gosh, like, now we're around all these people. And uh, so... We said, okay, let's kick the church saying another week or two. And so I messaged uh, one pastor we worked with, Laszlo, and I said, hey, so here's the situation. It's not like we're, we're, we're not dying and, and we're not leaving you guys, but uh, you're not going to see us because we've been around these people and we're fine. But we just, you know, the worst thing we would want to do is have it and take it to you guys Mm -hmm. and so i said so just we're not going to be there for a few more weeks and he said that's fine that's a good idea he said yes because if you brought covid to our church and killed us all you would be the worst missionaries ever (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's
0: true though that's good i mean he's got a sense of humor obviously
2: yeah he does
1: good
0: good for that pastor you need it right now (laughs) you need a sense of humor right now you know i i do feel like especially right now just everything going on in the world People need a sense of humor. Yeah. To be able to, there are a lot of serious things going on and, and things that are not funny. Right. And you've got to be able to laugh yeah. a little bit, you know, at yourself and at other yeah. people. And, and so, I don't know. I feel like very few people are doing that right now. You get yeah. on social media, it's just like, goodness oh, Jesus, like Everybody's angry about everything.
1: Yeah. Um, just stay
0: away. <laughs> <laughs> but whatever. So, um, you know, we talked about the challenges of COVID. What what are you most enjoying right now? In ministry?
2: I think for me it's we're still things had been locked down a bit and then they've been open. So uh they closed the borders, but that means within the country there's uh nothing has been locked mm-hmm. down yet. So I started taking a language class since we can't travel and normally that Keeps us, uh, you know, we can't have certain obligations. So I, I've been doing an intensive Hungarian language class every weekday morning from nine to noon here in October, and it's been just really fun. As a social person and extrovert, it's just been great to um, to learn and then also just be around to meet some some new people. So that's been really good. Yeah. And
1: it's been it's been great to, um, to to get a little more understanding of the language, and so. I've been, I've been trying to learn a little um, as she's been doing her classes. I've been doing some apps and just trying to focus a little more than what I should be doing all along, but focusing a little more. And yeah, just seeing words and learning phrases going, Oh yeah, I've seen that a hundred times. Now I am. Okay. I get it now. So yeah. So that's a, a critical thing. And we've been trying to um, take advantage of the, of the downtime, if you will, of the inability to travel um, by, by doing this, um, I have been, um, I've had some really, I don't, I don't want to say productive because that's not the right word, but, uh, positive, uh, meetings with, um, some, some, some people that we work with regionally, um, that it's just been encouraging that, uh, I've checked in with them and, and they have, yeah, they, they've things have been going really well in their lives and in their churches. And, and I don't want to say names now just because if they're listening, I don't want them to like, whatever, but uh, you know who you are. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so uh, that's been really encouraging just to see and to, to hear how God is moving regionally. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so yeah. that's so, been good. Well, I want to end on a positive
0: note. Uh, so I kind of want to end on that. And uh, so um, with some of those encouraging words and things that you're encouraged by and growing in yourself as ministers of the gospel, uh, how can we pray for you? Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think for like, like we were talking about before discernment and decision-making and, you know, knowing when to say yes and when to say no and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, for hopefully continued good health and protection. Yeah. and
1: Yeah. Health and protection, wisdom, discernment, um, if, if I can joke about this again, I, I I'll say it, um, pray for the gift of tongues. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to Dan's
2: going to start I'm the
1: class. A, not just a joke, you need that. Yeah. Really, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so gonna yeah, that I'm going to start the, the class she's doing now. I'm going to do in the month of November. And so um, just pray for us as we, uh, as we take um, concentrated efforts, if that's the right word, mm-hmm. uh, to learn the language and to better, figure out ways to connect with with the locals be they our neighbors random strangers or the folks in the church yeah. so
0: well thank you for both both of you for taking time to uh, speak to me and um, I'm sure anybody who listens to this or gets to watch this will benefit from it and and I hope you're encouraged too we appreciate the work that you're doing maybe next time we we do this um, I'll have you Um, share a little bit too just about your calling i'm really interested in hearing about why why are people called or how are people called um into the mission field and uh, it's really encouraging for people to hear Um, and so maybe next time we get together we'll we'll talk a little bit about that
1: sounds good thanks for having us Um, thanks for the faithful prayers and support of our family and ministry and, um, and yeah, if, if, if you want to have those follow up conversations some other time, we're always welcome. Yeah, definitely, definitely.